What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote. Joining me on the panel tonight are... Shane Williams. Roger May. And Raven the Pirate Princess. <laughs> That's more like it, Johnny. That's there better than go. last week. Yay. as always, is Matthew Lubick. Say hi, Matt. I'm playing Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's as good as it's going to get tonight from Matthew. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, we are a review-slash-spoilery podcast. We typically review a DC book, a Marvel book, and an independent book. Tonight, you're going to get two independent books, uh, just as a bonus, because... Why the heck not? Yep. Uh, we are probably going to spoil some stuff, so we'll try to let you know when that's going to happen, but I'll probably blurt something out without thinking about it, so I apologize in advance. Uh, we're going to do some trivia, so you guys will have an opportunity to win some stuff. We'll hit you with a little bit of news, some previews of what's coming out, and all of that stuff. So, without further ado, Roger, you want to tell us what's going on with our DC book? DC book? Okay, yes. Uh, the DC book that we reviewed this week is... Uh, the Batman Who Laughs, uh, number one, the one that we've been been uh, waiting for. Yes. Written by James Tynan the Fourth, art by Riley Rossmo, uh, colors by Placentia. Uh, so, if you want to know how Bruce Wayne uh, devolves into this Joker personality, read this book. Yep. If you want to know how he got his pack of robins, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait. That's in the book. No, they uh, one of them. One of them's in the book. One? Yes. Did they explain it? Uh, the yes. kids in the beginning. Damn. All those kids that Joker was. Did well. They don't directly say. Kids. The only one that they actually say. Spoiler alert is Damien. You find out. Yeah, that but he's, he's not one of the robins on the leash. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, is yeah, like in the final. He's different. Page. He looks different from everybody else. He had the oh yes, he but the he was the one. Can I play with John now? Yeah, he yeah. got the same toxin. That yeah, he's not one of the he's one of the of leash ones, but yeah, he is one of his robins. Yeah, the leash that was. The I don't. Yeah, I don't. It was never. It was never. Yeah, I guess it wasn't clear because I was because I was also wondering, but like now that I see, I mean, there was a lot of kids. I guess it could be the kids. That's like. Yeah, that's at least uh, and they don't have yeah, green he probably hair. seven kids. Down into that that yeah, pit and yeah, no, no, no. He no. probably just went down into the, the pack of robins. Oh, the pack of robins don't have green. Yeah, they do. Right. Oh, wait a minute. I like how I'm do. pointing to a comic book. You only on have 15 podcast. minutes to review yeah. this book. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, it wasn't okay. clear. Anyway, I you know there's a lot to love about this book. Um, I think there were a few things that that bothered me about it. Uh, the Robins, number one. I really don't think. I mean, okay, maybe there is that assumption that you make that it was it was the kids mm-hmm. um, who got gassed. Uh, but I, should I should I tell more about how he becomes, or let people read it? Yeah, maybe let people read it. Just um, talk about Joker. Story. Look, everything that happened up until um, it's not as clever as you think it is. Bruce got gassed. I thought it was pretty dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Because Joker's basically trying to push Batman, because he, he tells him at one point, you know, we have to evolve. Yeah. You know? You and I. You and I. Mm-hmm. The best of you, the best we of We don't me. complete it. Yeah, we're not complete unless we're together. And uh, so he's really trying to push... Talk about clingy. ...Batman over the edge. And he and he succeeds. You know, he really, he really does succeed. Um, and Joker has this special toxin just presumably just for Batman but it, it ended up with Batman um, that Batman s- starts to kind of lose it after that and and becomes um, the Batman who laughs 
but I don't know. I I thought this book had some some great moments, and then it had uh, some not so great moments. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, though I loved it a lot, I it definitely wasn't the strongest of the metal tie-ins. I don't believe. Um, here's here's a bit, and, and this is this isn't really a spoiler. It's just something for for everyone to think about, and and maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because I love it. Sometimes I'm a little dense and and I miss stuff. So um, I was talking about this issue with Larry uh, uh, just a little bit ago, and one of the biggest most blatant inconsistencies that that i came across was when um barbados goes to the batman who laughs and he's like we're gonna go to this place you know you know full of hope and sunshine and we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna mess it up and he's and barbados is like and you're not gonna be alone and he's got all the other guys with him you know he's got red death and merciless and devastator and dawnbreaker He's like, I'm, you know, you're going to have a team. Well, in every other book, the, the Batman, Batman who yeah. laughs is the one who's recruiting those guys. Yep. And in this issue, he's, you know, it's like Barbados is bequeathing him, you know. Well, they're not with him yet. Um, that this is a. No, this image is, is, is the from Batman Metal recruiting. 2. Yeah, it's him recruiting with everybody. He, yeah. That's the Batman who laughs is in the center. Yeah, this is a shot of, I think, from, from Metal 2 where they all come into the temple. Yeah, okay. that's I think that takes. Right I think there. that's supposed to take place after. Yeah, but in, yeah. in the text, isn't it Barbados? No, but it's I the Batman who laughs. Do it alone. So, so he's probably just telling him the plan to recruit the others. Yeah, it's it's Batman who laughs talking to whoever this mysterious person in the chair is telling him what happened. And yeah, how he went and recruited ah, everything. Okay, yeah, yeah so, the mysterious guy in the chair. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were gonna get a reveal on the last page, and we didn't. Dude, come okay. on. That's going to come in Metal 4. Uh, yeah, probably. Or, or 5 or 6. Is it or someone? Or it's someone with glasses. You think? Okay. Yeah, like the last page, it's kind of like... Because he's I, not wearing glasses when he pulls it down. I think my well, favorite spot in the book is how he took care of Superman. I guess not. Um, that, to me, was brutal. <laughs> I'm, There's a whole lot of yeah. brutal in this yeah. book. Yeah. And that this uh, little splash page here with alternate versions of the other heroes. Right. We haven't seen anything remotely close to that in the whole metal run so far. Right. So that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. So far it's all been about evil Batmans, but you know, here we get Green Lantern. We have Wonder a bunch Woman, of Superman. evil everything else. That looks yeah. like a parasite uh Superman here. It's crazy. Yeah. I thought this was going to be the most interesting one out of the metal tie ins, but I think it's like the one that I'm maybe mostly most disappointed in. Um only I think because uh, once they kind of reveal like how this happened, I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. Of course, that's how it happened. That's nothing that should have surprised me, you know. And it, it's kind of disappointing. Like it, that's just the reason that uh, Batman became uh, the Batman who laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, there wasn't really a lot that was done. It was just kind of his uh, origin story. Like he does something bad and something bad happens to him. Yeah. Like most of the, For the tie-ins. The other ones, no, I see exactly what you mean. The other books, it's it's still Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. This one, it's not Bruce that's right. doing it. He's been altered. 
So um, it kind of takes a little bit away from right. It. it takes it from a conscious choice to an yeah. The other ones were Bruce making conscious choices to turn into Doomsday or kill Barry. This one wasn't Bruce. He didn't make that choice. I mean, yeah. I guess you could argue he well, made the choice he, to kill Joker, but he, well, he does though because he doesn't let the Bat family help him either. Well, I think by by this shot right here, he's already he's already gone mentally. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> There's it's in every iteration of everything else. I mean, there's always the the choice. He could have let the Bat Family help him. Yeah, presumably. Well, he already had the uh, Uzis under his cape, so. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree. I think this one was pretty interesting. It's a messed up issue. It 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 definitely. Oh, it's definitely was, messed up. I I kind of like was fun to see the the the, the, you know the I know. The but I'm in a lot of like soreness right now, so this is probably as good as it's gonna get. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun seeing just him devolve. Yeah, it was whatnot. a lot of fun. I, I well, I wouldn't say fun. It's well, some. Yeah. It was, it was uh, interesting. To right. Read. Okay. There you go. Uh, Devastator's still my favorite of the tie-ins, personally. I think That's Merciless is mine. Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker too. This is awesome. We all got different opinions. Yeah, mine's. Mine's, mine's Red Death. Uh, it's Red Death or or Dawnbreaker. I think they're, it mine's they're killer, and and then Merciless. Yeah, Merciless was good. Uh, and then probably this one. Especially. And I, yeah, I, I I rescind my my grievance about you know that was I think that was something that I missed. Yeah, um, and I like the fact that it set up a whole nother thing with the mysterious person in the, in the chair. chair. Yeah, because yeah. that was just like who any is guesses, this? dude. I last time I guessed something, I was right. Well, oh, so last was a time. Guess. Uh, God, okay. <laughs> this kind of feels like they're they're stealing a page from um, Forever Evil with Alexander Luther. Yeah, I thought that a little no. bit too. Right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but I don't. You know, I don't know, and I don't know if this guy is supposed to be from. Uh, it's got to be on Earth, right? Yeah, on yeah. Mars. Yeah. Yo, what, what happened? But, whether, to, but I, and I don't think he brought him with him. I don't know if the guy's from the Dark Multiverse or if he's from our Earth. We're all assuming what happened we're to get a payoff. What happened to, to like, the? Uh, they may never even address. Yeah, it could who just the guy be messed is. up. Did did they follow up on the Earth Three Superwoman uh, baby? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Dark Side. Oh, uh, was it Dark Side? Yeah, that's it was baby Dark Side. He reincarnated. Oh, that's weird. Rolled huh. around in a baby to, Bjorn for a while. I don't know. You got to see to him in issue again. what? Issue one. Yeah. You know, throwing yeah. the horns. And then in Wonder Woman, he's quick. Yeah. In Wonder Woman, yeah. Grail is. They're following up on that story in the Wonder Woman yeah. book right now, which is yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, rate it. Yeah. Let's rate it. Uh, what do you think, Roger? Four stars. Shane, I'll give it four. Three, four and a half. So, cool. all right. Let's go ahead and go down to what are we doing? Invincible. Oh, that's right. Invincible. That's me. One forty-two. Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley. The end of all things. Part ten of twelve, which is kind of a one-shot story in and of itself. Part Robot War. Part one of one. The last if- issue of Invincible. We saw everybody from the big Viltrumite, you know, throwdown with Thrag and everything, heading back to Earth, and there was a bunch of robot drones from Rex surrounding the planet, and this issue kind of. Solves that problem. Yeah. In invincible fashion. Yeah. So um, I dug it. This is such a good book, dude. I, I, you know, every every issue that I read of this is just is, is a heck of a lot of fun. Um, 
I was I was a little confused at how they uh, how how Rex let himself be identified, like which because he's in one of the robot suits, mm-hmm. and you've got a mess, a whole mess of robot suits, and I know it was his uh, Monster Girl, Monster Girl that um, who's an awesome character by the way, uh, um. She accuses him that, you know, I don't think you know what love really is. And he's like, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. And it was at that moment. And there's really one panel. And I, I want to get get your thoughts on this, uh, specifically, Jonathan. Um, there's one panel after he, after he says that. And she's like, she's like, he's right here. This is this is him. And it's like all the other robots are looking they at him. They turn on him, yeah. They turn around. And, why would they do that? I mean, he's controlling all of them, and he's like, "Oh snap!" He's obviously scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that was um, that someone revealed who the robot was, and then that's when he's like, "Oh, oh no, they found yeah, me." Yeah, but why did all the robots turn around and look at him? Because I mean, good. I mean, I guess that uh, the only thing that I can I think, think what is robot was, was thinking like robots. Oh, that's me. Robots controlling all of them. That's like one of his powers. He's able to control that many drones. I think it was the sheer instinct of monster girl because remember they were stuck in the flaxen uh dimension for a hundred years or whatever like that she knows rex i think it was just i think it was meant to be kind of like almost her instincts zeroing in on the one that it was because remember he's also talking to her right i think he lets his guard down and speaks through the one that he's actually in as opposed to the other drones and she's like that's the one and it catches him off guard and he realizes he's Exposed, and instead of the focus being on uh, the them, fight, the focus so, so for, he's focusing on himself. So for a brief moment, he basically all the other robots are looking yeah. to him for instructions because yeah. he's like, uh, "That's okay. how I read that." Scene. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I actually had no, that's thought. that's good enough. Um, I actually had to go back and read a, the page again because I thought I missed something. Um, yeah, but this is, dude. It's action packed. A little bit from, longer than a, than a normal. Is it? Yeah, oh, a little okay. thicker because this is also typically a three ninety nine book. This one's three ninety nine, but you, it, I think it's about ten pages longer. And then the last issue is going to be a double issue. Nice. So yeah, and it ends with a really. <laughs> I gotta say, what, I was what, waiting what, for them what, to come what back. What becomes to that. of Rex? You know. Yeah. Uh, because that is him yeah. at the end, right? Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, what's up with the pacing? I felt like my neck breaking how fast. it Yeah, was going. it's awesome. No, it was. It felt unreal and like, oh, this doesn't really make sense. This isn't good pacing. This no, is way I, too I, 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 huh. I completely disagree. Because like, I thoroughly disagree. Be- because in the beginning, it's like the robot war starts, and then by the end of it, it's completely over. Like, yeah. it's just... One of one, bro. Part one of one. I mean, yeah, but it, the, the pacing... That's is, how you do it, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's not good. I don't... Not least, everything really? has to be... Like a three-part, four-part. Cool. Well, I guess so. Remember, but, we're but also the, marching to a conclusion. Robert yeah. Kirkman is sewing up all the, th- the the plot threads, the loose threads, whatever, throughout this whole thing. And for whatever reason, he decided, this is what I'm going to do in this issue. Right. I didn't have a problem with the pacing. This is, dude, there's been several different ways that he's approached stories throughout this whole run where he'll do like a traditional six-part story arc or he'll do a three-part story arc. Or, you know, he'll do a really long... Like, this is a 12-part story arc. This is a mini-story within the grand ending of 
you know, his his farewell to this whole book. Yeah. It just, to me, it felt like he's running out of issues and he's trying to hurry it up as, as fast as he can. Because, like, in one scene, uh, the uh, Adam Eve and her daughter and um, Mark's mom, I believe, they get uh, blasted out of the ship. And then in the next panel, they're on a different ship. Like, that's just, it. it's really quick. It's, it. It feels too quick at times, and like I, I get it. It's it's a good story, but to me, it feels like the pacing was off. That um, he, I don't know, he should have focused a little bit more time on uh, having the story flow a little bit better. Because to me, this didn't flow good, and I love Invincible. I've loved the past few issues, like that we've been reading for the podcast this to me it felt completely different and that could be a sacrifice of trying to squeeze it all into one issue mm-hmm. um you know just keeping it moved moving along yeah. uh you know i i i don't read invincible and the only time i ever read it is when we review it on the on the show um but every time i read it it makes me just want to read it more mm-hmm. so good you it, need to i it i will once i'm not three weeks behind in my normal <laughs> poll yeah. Um, but it, it always makes me think, damn it, I need to really read this. And this issue, the last one I read, I think, was the the one with the fight in the sun. That was the last, um, or... That was, issue that was two n- issues Nine, ago. right? Or no, eight or something part, like that. Part seven or eight. Um, and that, you know, very little dialogue in that issue, and it made, made me love it. And then this one gave me a taste of a little bit more of the story and the action. Uh, it, it For somebody who's a non-reader, it, it still gave me like I enjoyed it it was probably my second favorite book this week and I have no idea what the hell's going on nice (laughs) there's one thing I I don't want to spoil the very very last page Uh, okay oh right okay only because only because we got some that's using your brain super loyal invincible readers that oh because look here's the here's the thing we're going to talk about that on the next issue yeah you know because that's going to be because we got two issues left there is, dude. I had completely forgotten about this thread. Oh, I didn't. I was waiting for this to come back because I <laughs> want proper explanation for all that. Because that's 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 the girl, right? The Viltrumite. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anissa. Because I had I kind of I yeah I didn't go back and double check that that was her, <laughs> but. Uh, I I chuckled. Uh, remember a, remembering that moment? Chuckled. Yeah, oh yeah. That's sad. No, <laughs> no. there's Re- a moment. Uh, remembering that moment, it, it was the remembrance of that moment and, and being like, oh my between God, her and Mark this. that I was like, oh, we're gonna go there again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it's well, yeah. So we'll we'll delve into that more in the all next right. show. But I can't tell. I can tell all the invincible readers out there. You, yeah, you're gonna love. I that loved last it. Page. I was just like, yes, yes. Like, yeah. And then uh, one one other moment that I loved was when they bring Tara, Mark's, Mark and Eve's daughter, down, and she meets uh, the Brit's son. He's like, right. yeah, I'm pretty much in. Like, that like, was punches. so she's just good. Like, just knocks him through the wall. She's like, I'm cool. Like, he's and just then she like, turns around. She goes, That was awesome. She's like, Yeah. And he's just like, No, I didn't even feel it. Like, it's just such a like. That would be kids. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because good. I think it's her. I think Eve gets on her like, Oh my God, Tara, no. And, yeah. And the kid pops up from you know the, the hole in the wall, <laughs> yeah. right? The roll. He's like, I'm good. Didn't even feel it. It's like that was the 
probably my favorite moment in the that book. Was, that was one of the best things I, that I yeah. think Kirkman could have put in here was just little little moment with Tara and uh, the Brit's son. I can't remember what his name is for the life of me right now. Um, I just think it's great that you guys, as invincible readers, are getting closure. It's very. Yeah. It's not often that you actually get good closure in a comic book run. Yeah. Um, so for them to go through and you know tie up some of those loose strings that have been dangling, I mean, that's awesome as a reader to actually have that sense of completion when you're done with it. Yeah, it's what I, I really respect Robert Kirkman for for doing this. I expect he'll do the same thing with Walking Dead. Um, in like five years. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Thing yeah, never twenty did. years. As long as that cash cow is flowing, he ain't going nowhere with yeah. that. I don't know. Look, he he, he, he could he could. I know he's he, going to end it. He but. could end it, and he could he would still be making money on it for the next ten years. Yeah. I don't. I hope that that's the furthest from Kirkman's motivations. I hope that you know, if, if, as long look as long as his heart's still in it, and he's got stories to tell. Tell him. Yeah. But once. Once that up, don't don't do it to serve Mammon. <laughs> you know, I wish we reviewed that issue. Oh my God, uh, Black Monday murder. Sorry. Yeah. Um, do it. You know, end end it because it's yeah. time. Well, and uh, that's what he's doing with this, and you can yeah. tell. Um, I, I I did you guys read the letter section? No. Something no. after Invincible is going to come from this universe. Uh, hopefully it's Tara and Brit's son. Or battle, <laughs> I think it's going to be Battle Beast related also. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. So there's something that was alluded to in the letter section of this. Spin off. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, what, what a lot of people probably don't realize is that, that Invincible spun off quite a few uh, little series. Yep. Brit, uh, Brit, namely, Astounding Wolfman. Tech Jacket. Um, came out of this. Yep. Tech Jacket. Uh, Guarding uh, the Globe. Yeah, guarding the globe. Eve Eve only had like a mini series with Invincible, I think. Yeah. At, well, there was an Adam Eve one shot. Yeah, but there's you know he spun out quite a few this books out of this. This is a rich universe to do that with. Yes. So and plus you've got the other dimensions because remember he had a whole huge arc of dimension hopping. Yeah. With like, all the it was like Savage yeah. Dragon and Spawn were all in there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Johnny, you rate it. Uh. Three and a half. Uh, the story's been great so far. I felt like this one was really rushed. Savage. <laughs> what? Savage. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know. That just was funny in my head, apparently. Um, <laughs> You're cultured. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? I give it a four. Uh, I Like I said, for a book that I know nothing about to actually make me keep turning a page, I you got to give them props on that. I, I, I really respect them. It's five for me. I love everything about it. Boom, me and Roger, five. Yep. Maybe if I knew the characters, I'd do Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you just compendium. It's going to happen. Just, it's going to yeah, happen. Just do it. All right. You want to tell us about the Marvel book, Shane? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it wasn't rhetorical. I, 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 you tell us about the Marvel book, Shane? <laughs> I will uh, do my best. <clears throat> so uh, this week's Marvel book is uh, The Mighty Thor. Um Issue 701 uh, by people I have no idea who they are. Jason so Aaron. Jason uh, Aaron, there you go. Russell, uh, James Heron. Russell Donnerman's on this one? No, Heron's, Heron did a good job on this. Yeah, though. dude, definitely. This. So uh, uh, this issue um, brings us the wrath of, is it Mangog? Mangog. Mangog. Okay. Uh, I know, we're DC fans, so we think Magog. Magog? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I was thinking it's the Marvel version. Um, this was in like the 60s. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
so I actually um, it it wasn't a bad story. You know, I'm I'm not a huge Marvel fan. It wasn't a terrible story. It was actually kind of interesting to see this character uh, to learn the backstory of of Man Mangog mm-hmm. to read to learn his backstory and and mm-hmm. figure out you know who he is and why he's after the Asgardians. I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know, Thor is is apparently now a redhead. I've been missing. It's uh, Volstag. Yeah, it's Volstag. Oh, it's oh Volstag. really? War Thor. Yeah, it's interesting. Because Thor okay, is still good unworthy. Know. Good to know. Okay. And he got the hammer. The hammer came from the Ultimate Universe into. I thought it looked familiar. Into yeah. into. Because I actually was a big fan of the Ultimate Universe. That's back when I read Marvel. Um, <laughs> but it uh, the the issue is, is <laughs> the issue uh, just it's just a. Uh, um, War Thor takes a mighty beating all the way to the end. Yeah. And um, then you get a surprise at the very end, and I don't necessarily want to spoil what that is well, unless you guys want to. Uh, we we reviewed 700, so... Is people, he in 700? People know that Malekith has <laughs> okay. had some yeah, he machinations. Yeah. Okay. We won't spoil necessarily what goes on here, but it was one of those things where I was like... Ooh, I hate this character so mm-hmm. much. Like I just—it's it, one of those things where you just like just despise the villain. Like right at the end when he drops that knife. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Because it's like <laughs> it's in the vulnerable position that that uh, Warthor Volstag gets left in. Yeah, for him to just come up and just, and just like just dangle it. Oh, and you, then drop you despise it. him, but in a good way. Yeah, it's, oh, it's okay. good. It's a good, good villain. Okay. Like yeah. he's just like I wish we got that kind of Malekith in the second Thor. Right. And then we're uh, yeah Thor movie. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason I know who that character is. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it wasn't but, a good version of him. And it either. wasn't a good version, but it's only Had because potential. I did research to figure out yeah. who he was in the movie. But um, and, you know, and the issue definitely ends with uh, with promises of more brutality. So um, you know, overall, I I didn't mind the issue. I, I really you know yeah, it was okay. I had no idea what was going on. James Aaron <laughs> did some really cool. Fight awesome sequence, work. you know, just beat down type yeah. stuff. He did. He actually did um, two issues, I think, on uh, Seven to Eternity a couple months ago. Oh, sweet! Give Jerome Pena a break, yeah, from nice. his awesomeness. So <laughs> yeah. it was nice Don't to see. Awesome. Yeah, you Someone definitely. You felt hmm? you. The sorry, the artwork was uh, made you feel the the pain that that. Um, that was happening there from every. I punch. wanted to say that about Invincible too, because the Otley in Invincible has just aces every right. time. Yeah, like every fight scene. The space scenes were really good. But yeah, there there's one page where what is it two four six eight ten panels on it, and just it gets Thor's face gets progressively more beaten and yeah. beaten and beaten. Yeah, and and War Thor dishes out some too. Yeah, but it shows, and it, just, it shows how much. More stronger yeah. Mangog is. You well, know? this entire I mean, issue is nothing but Mangog yeah, just, just destroying. I because I'm, for me, it was kind of like Man of Steel. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, this is this is this is a bit much. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. he's overclocked. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how how they uh, are gonna fix win? it. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. They still didn't. The, the, the only disappointing part for for me, me with this book was that Jane Foster was nowhere in it. Yeah, right. she was on she the cover. She didn't show up. Yeah, <laughs> in the corner box. In the corner box under the uh, um, issue number. You've got and, her hammer that shattered. And no mm, Thor Odin's uh, son. Yeah. yeah, no Thor Odin's son. Um, 
I mean, that's obviously coming in the next yeah. issue. Uh, but this was, I mean, this was strong. This is this is what I really wanted yeah. out of issue seven hundred. It kind of I wanted the start of a you know the start of a great story. Yeah. It kind of reminds you a little bit of uh, Jason Aaron's God Bomb, like this uh, incredible creature uh, who has uh, this power and who's kind of hating all the gods and wants to take care of them. It's probably yep. not going to be as good as God Bomb was, but it gave me the same feelings if, when I was reading it. If climatically they give me the same like in all of the universe brain to Thor, I will be, I will be okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my favorite parts out of yeah. God Bomb. Yeah, like this, honestly, this is... Um, a great read. I I loved it all the way through. I love the art. Uh, I love the story. I didn't think I was going to be interested in Mangog, like this character from the seventies, uh, Jack Kirby creation, I believe. Uh, you know, I I wasn't interested. From Jack Kirby. Yeah, I, I wasn't interested uh, very much. But Almost after reading did. this, I'm like, yeah, I want to see uh, Mangog and and Jane get down, you know, and just fight it out. I love that yeah. that kind of retro art that they yeah. pull on him. It, looks, yeah. it it works really well. Yeah, I didn't when I was reading it. I really didn't care much about what was happening to Thor. I just really liked the character character of Mangog. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to know more about him. I actually did. Wikipedia is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Shane, what would you rate this book? Um, I would probably say a three and a half, only because I don't know the context. Um, the um, well, you okay over there? Uh, I, I I thought it I thought it really did a good job. I can't say I rate it any higher only because I don't think it would be fair. Okay, uh, it's four stars for me. I just I thought it was uh, a heck of a lot of fun. Enjoyed it from start to finish. It was really quick. Um, minor issues with it, but it was a good read. Nice. Uh, I really enjoyed all all of the issue it's a four and a half for me uh especially uh you know that last scene with malachis dropping the knife that, that, that awesome. thing was just awesome that's where my half came from was just <laughs> that knife right there uh four stars um this is what issue 700 should have done was just start the beginning of you know without all the extra choppiness of that issue right. it should have just launched us into something like this no anniversary stuff just start yeah stalling. you know just get it going man yeah. so <laughs> all right uh we're gonna move into Bonus round material for you guys. Uh, we're reviewing an ex- extra indie book this week. Yes. Uh, from the pages of Princeless uh, comes Raven, the Pirate Princess, year two. Uh, it's number one by Jeremy Whitley and Senia Panfil. Uh, it's a story about Raven, a pirate princess who has a crew of also um, all-female, um, an all-female crew. Uh, and they're at the beginning, they're having a potluck um, and that kind of turns into... Uh, a dance party and then by the end of the issue uh, they are being attacked by another uh, ship and uh, someone goes overboard that's the uh, the issue let's I think we should we should approach this book a little bit differently because I only got like two maybe maybe three pages in okay and uh as, as Shane just noticed, I've got Mr. Miracle number four oh, in front of me. I was like, you cheated. That I'm halfway through. Great. And so that what issue came out last. You, you were like the little kid okay. in school who hid the comic book inside the math book. Right, because right. Because you had that inside, inside, inside every book, this. man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. Um, no, I think, I think what we should do, and, and this will be really quick, uh, I, want, I want you to convince me why I should finish Princeless. You shouldn't. Um, I second that. So, yeah, you sorry got, to Jeremy Whitley in, in case he you guys probably shouldn't, but this is my favorite book that, that I've read this week. I 
haven't smiled at a book like this since uh, Jeremy Whitley's Unstoppable Wasp or um, Allison's Giant Days. It's just pure fun. It's it, it just get, makes you happy. Like I, I did not get any of that. From well, that yeah, be, but the thing is, um, with this, it, it kind of just shows uh, that Jeremy Whitley cares about um, uh, representation uh, in comics. Uh, you know, he's talked about like when he um, married his wife, his uh, sisters didn't uh, have never touched the comic before uh, because there was nothing in it for them. And he's writing things for that group. He's writing for uh, women of all colors and sh uh, and shapes and uh, uh, sexual orientations. And it's just fun. That's all it is. It's a fun comic. And okay. I love it. Okay. I second that. Kayla agrees. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan? It just oh, you already gave your answer. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Shane? Like, look, it's just... I'm sure, like, everybody is going to have a different opinion on this. It did not give me the same feeling tonally that Unstoppable Wasp did, because even though I could say, like, I might not necessarily pick that book up, I could say, like, oh, this is enjoyable. I would read the trade of this. Pacing of this was weird. The, the cliffhanger, like... And a lot of this comes from not knowing the context of the first year because I get you get dropped in the middle of all this and you're there's no introduction to the characters it just kind of rolls and the art's good but I wish the artist did a better job making each of some of the characters look a little different because there's a couple of dark-haired characters that I was like wait a minute wait what mm -hmm. this is oh this is this is a different character so okay. there, there's some confusing points and I just got to the the cliffhanger and I was like mm -hmm. This is out of nowhere. Yeah. So um, I, I will agree with you there. Like, it ended a little abruptly. Like, uh, you know, it, she just get, gets hit over the head. There was a whole lot of focus on relationships. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, pirate ship attack. But, but that, the thing is, and the thing fall. I love about this book is that uh, he doesn't really introduce the characters. But he... Uh, he uh, does several scenes with them to see how they interact with each other, how how comfortable they are with each other because they've been a group this whole time. Uh, I, the pacing I thought was great. It's just uh, kind of like one uh, one whole day with uh, them starting a potluck and then they having a dance party. And then, you know, uh, later on at, in the evening, that's when the pirate ship attacks. You know, it, it felt like a uh, well-told story. And I can see um, your problem with the art with having two uh, dark-haired characters because that happened to be uh, as well. But uh, one of them is the captain. One of them is another right. character. Right, right. I got them confused a couple times. As yeah, I, was I got them confused Somebody's once, and I was like, someone. "Okay, well, I have to, I have to pay attention." But also, uh, Zania Pamphil and uh, the colorist, whoever uh, they are, they do a great job of um, differentiating. Because uh, there's three uh, women of color here, uh, three uh, black characters, and I could totally tell, uh, you know, that they're different characters. Um. This I get the, I get the feeling that this book was written for the established audience and not necessarily luring new characters in. So, with that in mind, I would probably recommend you know anybody that wants to start on this might want to read his 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 first books. Right. I would I would start with uh, Princeless because this is a spinoff of the, that book. Uh, Princeless Volume One: Save Yourself uh, is a great book. Uh, Eisner nominated uh, and won several awards for best uh, writer, best uh, single issue. Uh, you know, because it's it's amazing. It's really good. It's um, people say, uh, well, like 
one person at Marvel says that diversity doesn't work, but it no, it doesn't sell books. It, right, it doesn't sell books, but it it simply does because there's a huge following behind this book. And I, like I said, I haven't, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been this happy reading a comic book since Unstoppable since Giant Days. This is my type of book, and I loved it. Okay, write it. Five. I even though I do know that there are some problems, especially with the two dark-haired um, uh, women, Beats. Raven and. Um, the other uh, lady. I, I haven't actually read uh, Raven the Pirate Princess. I've only read Princess. Um, and the abrupt ending. I know those were not great, but I still loved it n- nonetheless. Two and a half. I like Whitley, but it just, it it's not for me. Right. I, I mean, I, I, in all honesty, it's not for me. There's going to be a lot of people that like this book. I, I'm not one of them. I feel the same way. I'm going to give it a two. Um, it's a, As soon as I read it, I felt it was it's a niche title. Pardon me. You know, you have to be a fan of of this story. And I felt like, you know, like you said, I was dropped right in the middle of it. Um, It didn't do anything to make me want to read the rest. uh, And for that, I give it a two. Cool. What's up next, Jonathan? Uh, what would you rather have reviewed? Defenders. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I Second think Marvel with book. that with that Marquez yeah. fight scene it with so dope. with um, Danny and uh, Ele- was it Electra. Electra versus Iron Fist. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It looked dope. Um, for the DC book, I would have read Bombshells United number six. Uh, Marguerite Bennett has been killing it on that book. And for Marvel, it would have either been The Defenders or Doctor Strange by Donny Cates and Gabriel H. Walton. Uh, you didn't say anything. You it know was what? Matt. You, you know what? It was Matt. Birthday boy? Was, yeah, okay. We're going to give yeah. you your spankings yeah. at the end of this podcast now. Can um, I leave before you do that? No. <laughs> you have to watch. That, got, oh. that, <laughs> that got a little I'm Not even getting paid this time. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I probably would have wanted to review, um, in place of the, uh, the, the Raven Pirate Princess book, East of West. Since that's out this week, because mm. it was good. <laughs> oh my god, it was good. Talk about not knowing what's going on. Oh, it d- dude, I'm current on that. I <laughs> okay. know what's going okay. on. <laughs> um, and then I, I was cool with Batman Who Laughs. I, 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 I but then again, I'm a DC guy, and I could have swapped out any DC book out this week and probably been happy. So. Bombshells United, DC except for that boy. one. <laughs> it's a good book. Yeah. Okay. Um, Roger, did you have something you were going to say about Mr. Miracle? <laughs> came out of nowhere. It. Yo, no, dude, I look, love it. Issue, issue. No, I just, I'm, out. I'm halfway through, and I was like, because I had started to the very end yet. No, I had started reading uh, Princeless, and I wish I had spent that time reading Mister Miracle. So, so, so you remember last week when I said Action Comics and Mister Miracle were my two favorite reads that week because I yeah. read Mister Miracle first, and it just the ending hits you in a way. Just as a dude, you're just like, oh. but then like I read action and it brought me back up yeah. <laughs> like it was one of those honestly like uh, i'm glad i read it in the order that i read it mr miracle is just knocking it out of park it, it, it's ridiculously good uh tom king and mitch shares uh just know Garrett. how to really it's, he, he, he himself I said that i know I, I thought I was like I got this I got this Jared's no nope, it's Garrett's. Garrett's it's it's amazing you guys should be picking up Mr. Merkel it's on issue 4 yeah it's so good anyway um trivia time is that what's next Johnny's on deck I'm on trivia duty god help us it's okay well no I guided him so hopefully oh, okay. it will be it will be okay you what me I guided you. Oh, oh okay. okay. I thought I you gutted him. Gu- yeah, I was, I was like, like, whoa. What? That could be fun, too. Hardcore. Okay. Spanks so we, and guts. Uh, we're reading it. In- 
It's my new band name. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm tired. Things are just going to come out. Patent pending. Trademark. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, we're reading uh, an Elseworld story for the trade. Um, so I thought it, well, uh, Roger thought it'd be a good idea to do some Elseworlds trivia. So uh, you're just going to name the, the story. Hmm. Uh, in this story, Batman goes on the hunt for Jack the Ripper during the Victorian Gotham time. By Gaslight. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. What? Uh, Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> All right. Which Here's is an- the next DC animated oh, movie, by the way. so good. Yeah, the trailer. Here's another one. Um, Kal-El is raised by the Waynes, who are murdered by a mugger and becomes a super-powered Batman. How, How, do, I not- again? So How do I not know that one? I know, right? Cal L is raised by the Waynes, who are murdered by a mugger and becomes a superpowered Batman. What is that one? Superman speeding bullets. I've never heard of that. Yeah. One. I have to write it down. Uh, and here's the yeah. la- last one I have for you. You guys uh, will know this. A young man named Clark Kent is teased about being named after the comic character. Oh, oh discovers secret him. identity. There it is. We did it last week. That was. <laughs> Uh, and then, that's yep, that's, that's yeah. That. Even even my brain cells haven't been repurposed that fast. I thought I was like, they're not going to remember the name. No, yeah, you guys did. Okay, and then the listener question: Do we want to do the listener winners? Uh, yeah, we'll go through uh, last last week. The question was, uh, who founded Gotham City? Um, we only had two uh, responses last week, so you each are going to win something. Um, the answer was uh, Captain John Logerquist. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't that's know. it. Found at Gotham City in 1635. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, for last week, the winner of the trade paperback is Bryce Smith. Nice, Bryce. Got more books coming to that you rhyme. now. I know. I love um, it when he wins so I can say that. <laughs> and the comics for last week, which is uh, Batman Lost, Star Wars. And Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden <laughs> goes to David Revis. Congratulations, guys! Thanks for playing. Uh, yeah, the rest of you listeners out there got to get on board with this. I don't mind shipping them out. Yeah, but you gotta. You know, you can't you win try. if you don't play, yeah. right? You want free comics Isn't that what they say? Not, right? Yeah. Not just free comics, free graphic novels. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And this week's graphic novel. Especially if you like recommend us to read one, and then you answer the question, you win that one. Yeah, and this week's graphic novel, like uh, like Secret Identity, is a hardcover. Yep, only the hardcovers in print. So I I will you know I will send you the hardcover. Mm-hmm. And it's actually two trades. Right. This is true. Six issues. The nail and another nail. Another nail. But they're huge issues. Do we want to do the listener uh, question then? Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, thanks for the winners last week. Uh, for playing along, and if you want to answer Johnny's question now, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com so you can win some books. Johnny, yes, laying on them. So in this book, Batman is a pirate under the employment of the British Crown. What book? Can I answer? Doom, doom, doom. You cannot answer. So, yeah, if you know that question, send your uh, response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Thanks. Johnny, you have to tell us about the... Oh, do I? You're <laughs> back. Okay, well, great. You I sat w- back like, I'm done for the night. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I literally was not. Okay, we read uh, Justice League of America, The Nail by Alice, Alan Davis, writer and artist, and Mark Farmer, which I believe was the lettering or coloring, uh, one of those. Um, it follows the story of um, what if 
It's an Elseworlds story. Yeah, it's an Elseworlds story. Yeah. What if, um, what are the names of Superman's parents? Jonathan and Martha. Jonathan and Martha Kent. Uh, you don't remember Martha. Martha. Right. Why'd you I, say that name? I remember Martha. Who? Um, <laughs> on their way out of town, on the day that Superman crash lands in Kansas, uh, their tire gets hit by a nail and they decide to stay home. So this story follows um, the world without a Superman and uh, the consequences of that and what happens uh, throughout that story. Shane, why did you pick this? Um you know, I read this book when it first came out. Oh, God. I want to say probably nearly 10 years ago. When and it came out? 20 years. 98. 98. My God, I was young. Wow. 98, my dude. You were um, just a pup. I was. But I remember. <laughs> I have the actual first prints of both I was like the nail four. and another nail. Um, Dear God. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm old. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of the things I really love about the Elseworlds story is they're they're able to give us our heroes, but in a in a totally different context and a totally different situation. Uh, this one kind of really I felt for its time showed us what how much Superman meant to the, the DC universe. And it wasn't just his power and his strength, but his inspiration and how much he inspired the world to be a better place. The story kind of takes us into a world that's afraid of metahumans, a world that is terrified of people that are different. And um, there's even, Lois has a comment um, in there. She She's a reporter who's kind of covering this, this story. She has a line that, you know, what we need is somebody who stands for truth and for justice. And, you know, we go through the whole story and we see how somewhat similar to, um, like how Flashpoint, how the world was different because, you know, Barry went back and modified, you know, the history there. How the world is so different without Superman. And you don't realize uh, that a lot of things would be different without him. And and how he ends up coming back into the fold I thought was a very unique way. Uh, it just, it still resonates with me. I haven't read it since it first came out, but I still remembered the story. It stuck with me. It was one of those stories that I just, I always really liked. Um, so when Roger asked uh, if I had a recommendation, I definitely. And then we found out that this was coming out with the deluxe edition. Uh, I had to had to recommend it. It's a good story to me. Yeah, I will say I will say right off. I, I, when you originally pitched this book to me, and it was just like that, I was super stoked because I think I think it's it's an awesome, awesome concept. Um, but for me, I thought the story. Uh, is super dated. Um, I think there's a lot of dialogue. I think that a lot, uh, mm. there's a lot of, well, Johnny and I were talking about this before the show. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the, the old adage, I think we mentioned this in the last few weeks, show don't tell. And this one is telling. Even mm. even in the dialogue, all the heroes are telling you what they're doing even though you see it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of dated in that sense, you know, almost like, you know, a 70s or 80s type. And that's that's um, hard to to kind of acclimate to. But beyond that, I thought that a lot of um, a lot of elements of the story were contrived. Um, the part where um, Joker gets these juiced up kryptonite kryptonian are yeah or kryptonite <laughs> kryptonian thank you jonathan armband yeah and is at first i was 
kind of horrified. Yeah. You know, Talk when about like- when he gets a hold of of Robin and and Batgirl, mm-hmm. but then Bruce's reaction to that, I was like, that's not, you know, yeah. it's not Batman. You know, Please I didn't stop. like. Um, and now, I mean, you know, I think maybe you can make the argument that without uh, without Superman's friendship, I mean, because the whole focus of the story is is what would you know mm-hmm. the world be How would like these without Superman? If he wasn't would him? Batman be a different person or or superhero without Superman there to have that friendship over the years? But that's you know for me that was thinking on a little too deep of a level than I you know I wanted Matthew the story to be to be uh, to be better than that and I, I really there's a point and whether or not we want to reveal who the true villain is um, will remain that to be seen uh, if you guys want to but there was a point and you'll know where, what I'm talking about where you think it's Starro yeah and I got excited by that I wanted Starro so I, I was bad. like. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. And then I was like, and it wasn't. And what it was, I was like, no, what? No. So I was, I, I was a little disappointed, uh, in, in a lot of ways. The other, there's probably 20 or 30 instances I could point to where I was just, I was just like, what did you just do? You know, (laughs) like Green Lantern juicing up Batman with the ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, Green Lantern is, is the juice, you know, and he couldn't stand up against the, the villain. Yeah. How is, you know, shining a little light on Bruce from a dying (laughs) ring going to let Batman, you know, go to toe to toe with him for a few panels. I'm, I yeah I didn't get it. It's um, it was um it was it was interesting in in some parts, but the thing is like, most of it was just told through dialogue. You know, there's no narration. There's no um, what's the other one? The, the with the boxes, uh, internal monologues or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just they're like, oh hello, uh, and um, like in the first twenty to thirty pages, they use everybody's uh, name in the dialogue. Like, oh, hello, Green Lantern, how are you? And then Green Lantern's like, I am well, Aquaman. You know, things like that uh, to understand. And it I, had the flavor a la Silver Age. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hardcore. And, and I can see, like, the appeal of that, but... Well, I, and do you think... I think Do you think that the writer was going for that? Yes. Do oh, you yeah, think that I definitely... He wanted if, you read to, the, if you read the foreword... Oh, he okay. he wanted to play in the Silver Age sandbox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but like there's, so there's there's a certain amount of intentionality. There, there's ahead. there's Sorry. good. It's fine. There's good ways of doing that. Like I mean, um, what's uh, who's the guy that did New Frontier? Darwin um, Cook. There oh, yeah. we go. Darwin Cook uh, played with the Golden Age, but like beautifully. You know, he he made it work uh, in modern times. I feel like this. It just feels like they're trying to write in a style that doesn't work anymore. Well, you got to remember where DC was in the 90s. Right. <laughs> but, like, this is 1990. Yeah. This is 1998, forward. like, after uh, Death of Superman, after Nightfall, like, during, um, like, a little bit before Identity. When you're in diapers. Uh, right. Almost. <laughs> uh, like, a, a little bit before Identity Crisis. Like, the. the the evolution of writing at DC was completely different than was in the 70s. Well, mm-hmm. here's one thing. If you read the forward, 
this was not oh, an I read easy... them digitally. No, 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 the forward. That, that's why. Did you? No, you didn't read it, or you did? I didn't. Oh. He read it digitally yeah. and didn't have the forward. Bless, bless you. Sorry. Um, okay, well, in the forward, Alan Davis talks about the the long, tumultuous road to get this made. This this was not an overnight decision by DC. This there there was a lot a lot. What was it? Eight years, something like that. Wow. It it was a very it was not the normal way of going about things. There was a lot of no 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 from the higher ups. Then there happened to be one guy that was like, I think that would be a good story, and let's get it made. And like mm-hmm. all this, there was a lot of back and forth. It was not an easy road for him to get it made. Mm. Um, which could contribute to a lot of those factors. Yeah. Um, I loved your pitch when you told me. I'm, I'm in this kind of the same boat as Roger. I wanted the version of yours of the story that you sold to me, yeah. <laughs> and I was so mad that I didn't get it. I was like, I wanted to spend way more time with Amish Superman. What the heck? <laughs> right. Like I thought. Because the way you said, like, yeah, the league has to teach Superman like how to be Superman and all this stuff. I want that freaking story. I think he. I think that's another nail. And so, well, that's what I was going to ask was because I didn't have time to get all the way through the second half of this book. Is there more of a payoff with that kind of stuff in the second? Uh, half? The second one takes place about a year after the first one. Okay. Um, Superman is the world's hero now, and he doesn't want to be. Um, he actually, at the beginning of another nail, he has to go accept an award. And I did see a little bit of that, yeah, but I was like, oh, he's this just is like, the next uh, one. Thank you. And he flies away real quick yeah. because he's awkward and he doesn't know how to, how to do it. it, it um, the second one deals with uh, um, the apocalypse and dark side. So and they go back to those threads. Yeah, so you kind of uh, – the second one's very – the weight of yeah. all these the other areas all kind of fall on him, but I felt like there was a lot of uh, subplots that didn't need to be there, mm-hmm. uh, and a well, lot. I think that's because he had planned another for, nail, already. right? Okay, he, he actually had, he says in the forward he had he actually had three. three. He had the final nail planned. Well, at the end of happened. another nail, it does say not the end. Not the nail crisis. <laughs> <laughs> crisis of the nail. Crisis, crisis of infinite inf- nails. <laughs> you stole my joke. Oh, whatever. Sorry. Anyway, no, but it's dumb. No, it, it, you know, there was something about the book that resonated with me, and I guess, you know, that, get, that's no, how my I, pitch was. I, I really appreciate um, your perspective ago, and your and your, uh, your point of view from that because it got me excited to read it. But I guess from, from that description, I was just like, oh, sweet. And yeah. I had this whole exactly branch of things that I wanted to see. And if like if you didn't pitch it to me so good. So <laughs> tell you what, I will rewrite the nail. Yes. There you and, Thank you. Uh, I want the Shane Williams version <laughs> of the nail. Yes. And I will make it. I will film it. Uh, budget oh, will be kind of low. but <laughs> I can provide stick figure art. There yeah. you go. All day. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. But I, 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 no, I, even, I, even I, who, who pitched it, when I read it again for tonight, um, it was very wordy. Right. Uh, I kind of found myself going from reading for an to kind of. That's writing this. Yeah. The art's on point, though. Yeah, uh, the art is. It feels like yeah. a Silver Age book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel. I agree completely that there. It was. Except what, a little bit Mar- of Martian corny. Uh, a little bit of corny. You know. Hi, Aquaman. Hello, Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you didn't really feel like they were. Friends, and they may not be friends. To Roger's <laughs> point, just like office, like well, friends. maybe you know, maybe because they don't have Superman to hold them together. That could be you know the reason. Um, it it reminded me of it. It always reminds me of Neil Adams a little bit, like just yeah, oh, I can old see school that. style. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And that's kind of what I, the whole time I, I read good. it, I feel like this is an homage to Neil Adams and kind of a what if his version of the DC heroes yeah, were a yeah. little altered. And it tickles like yeah. that nostalgia bone. Since, yeah. since you like pitched it really well, I was really excited. I was expecting. All right, I'm sorry. I <laughs> built it up. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. If you guys ever need somebody to advertise for you, I thought <laughs> yes. um, You know, it. I was kind of expecting like a story with like uh, Red Sun, you know, where they go really deep into what happened no to Superman. But we didn't see Superman until the, like the last twenty pages. Yeah. And it that, was a little that goes bit of back a, to it was a little bit of a, almost like a Deus Ex Machina way that they introduced him too. Right. It was all this stuff's happening, and it just so happens to take place right in the right yeah. spot. And then Superman's here to save the. Right. I was just like, I wanted to spend. A lot I wanted of time to see more you. of Superman with the beard. And yeah. also, yeah. what happened? Like what happened well, to his Amish parents? I'm like, wait, what? That just happened. Like. Yeah, they, got, oh, they was... got Owen and Brood. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. Well, one of the, because uh, the Amish beard, uh, yeah, that really bothered me when he got when he got lit up. And okay? his hair was fine. but His, his hair's fine, but his Amish beard goes away. And I'm like, no, There's I want. In. That's, not, that's not how that works. <laughs> that was the only way I can make that make sense in my head. Because that, that he whole. he was in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> that whole part. That the last couple of pages with this, I was like, now we're getting somewhere. And I actually want, I, I, I didn't have time to, to read another nail, too. Um, I kind of wanted to continue. I wanted to sit because where where the story ended is really where I wanted to yeah. start. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, the, probably the biggest issue I have is with the villain. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I was like, I actually forgot he was uh, <laughs> until yeah. reading it again. Because I'm sorry, like you, I was you got like, Lex Luthor here, yeah, and like super and it's spoilers, old man it's not, fat Lex yeah, Luthor. Yeah, it's old man fat Lex Luthor. Who's <laughs> I thought like that was 12, like the kingpin. I was like, wait, that's twelfth level universe. intellect, and he's getting played, yeah, by yeah. this character, by, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like Alan Davis. I know it's Elseworld. I know it's yeah. Not, come on, man. Yeah, but they really. Dangles um, Starro over you the entire mm-hmm. book. Like, I mm-hmm. that so yeah, bad. that yeah, because I I really felt like there was at, at that point, and and I think it was probably a third to a half the way through where you actually see that outline, mm-hmm. you know, that shadow, and I'm like, oh, this yeah, this is going to end up being really yeah. good, and 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 so then that was just another reason to be kind of let down. Yeah. We want to read it, but I, w- I will. I, w- I will read another now. I need. To, yeah, yeah, I feel like I need it, to. It, like, I don't want to, but I'm like, hmm. I think I feel like I owe it to myself. I need to know, like, if this gets better, if this is real. Because the good. second half of this could redeem the first. Yeah. Half. Well, just like Jonathan said, I mean, it, he wrote it with that intent, right? And yeah. so it's you know, Maybe episode he, one sucked. Right. But it set up episode two and three. Right. So that kind of yeah. Know. I mean, like if it were me, Sorry, I would have re- I would have written like all six issues because it's only six issues in this hardcover. Well, um, it's two issues, right? Well, they're actually they're like they're like fifty. They're, yeah. they're forty eight pages. Yeah. 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 So there'd be six issues per. Right. Well, I was I initially I was going to give this a one and a half, uh, understanding. That that it was kind of an homage to the Silver Age, and that explains a lot uh, going on in there. Um, I'll give it a two and a half. Shane, 
Uh, you know, for for nostalgia purposes, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Cool. Because it, it going back and reading it again, I will admit it didn't live up to what I remember in my head. But I was right. also probably like 18 <laughs> when it came right. out. But um, young, dumb I could definitely see where a younger audience that story would, especially you know, back in the 90s, that story would play very differently. And look, you don't get a sequel and deluxe hardcover treatment. If if you don't have a fan base, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. John, um, two and a half. I like the art, except for the Martian Manhunter butt face. What's up with that? Those uh, are his brows, dude. <laughs> Jeez, he's a uh, Kardashian. No, I I do They're like on fleek. As you I do say. God. No, don't say that, <laughs> dude. Nobody's nobody said that since like 2013. Anyway. Um, that was me mocking it. Well, this yes, book was ninety eight, so it's ahead of its time. I do like kind of like the the um, is it is allegory the right word? Like the the comparison of because uh, the, the the human populations uh, they're xenophobic. They don't know uh, like what's going on. Like they don't know these people if they're aliens, so they're scared of them. And you know that can be translated into a bunch of different things in our. Uh, real world, like oh, um, people of color, immigrants, yeah. uh, you know, people from different religions, and so, and I appreciate it for that. Uh, I just wish it was a little bit better told. Um, I think we go two and a half. Also, I want to. It made me mad that I had to bring it back, like because I was cramming it. Also, that could be why I feel the way I feel because I I didn't have the normal amount of time to to digest. Because um, typically with something this size, I would have read the whole thing mm-hmm. instead of just half of it. So um, I want to read another nail to see how everything goes after the reveal of, you know, Amish mm-hmm. soups. So, um, yeah, so two and a half. He was living in an Amish paradise. Right? Yeah. Like that was the most interesting part of the story, and they kind of just threw it away a little bit. Yeah. You know? So, Roger, do we have preview sheets? Oh, yeah. They're somewhere. <laughs> I, I was like looking like what was next on the itinerary and I realized up oh, there Matthew to the rescue da, 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 da. in between Mario Odyssey there's only one comic coming out next week oh really yeah Doomsday Clock oh my god we're not god. reviewing that on this show though yes we are not on this show on both well, shows pseudo <laughs> not can we, can we do it on both shows that's no, fine we're not doing it twice <laughs> no, next week is going to be a little bit different. I'll go ahead and cover some ground here. We're actually doing uh, um, two collaborative uh, podcast episodes with um, another local podcast called Imp- Opinioneering. They're uh, geek culture, mostly movies and uh, video games. Um, they do some comics and stuff. Uh, but we're going to do a collaborative uh, review of the Justice League movie with them uh this weekend and then better represent next uh (laughs) next uh next tuesday night um we're gonna do um two podcast episodes here in the shop we're gonna do our regular ascp episode uh, but we're not gonna review a dc book in that episode so you'll have the Marvel, the indie, a graphic novel. Um, actually, next week is Thanksgiving week. We've got Sweet Tooth Volumes 1 through 6 <laughs> with right. Nathan Armantrout. I still need, I still need now, going back to the trivia, with whatever trivia I cook up next week, um, you guys want to know how serious I am? 
whoever whoever wins the trivia next week is going to get the complete Shut sweet up. two story Shut three hardcovers. You okay? better make it hard. Three deep hardcovers so, that are like thirty bucks each. Deep cut. Yeah. So, but that's a Thanksgiving present to you listeners. Are we filming? Who actually <laughs> sent in the responses? Yeah. Um, My money's on Bryce. Don't let me down, Bryce. We could. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not, obviously, it's not every day that we do this. Or day um, early, I mean. Or do, or will we do it on? We're going to record on Tuesday night. So we're we'll doing, uh, yeah, we're not going to be recording Wednesday night. We're going to be recording Tuesday. The episode will be up. So you actually will end up with an extra day to answer the question, too. You'll have eight full days. Yep. <laughs> so, Get anyway. Your answers in. Yeah. I might just create it like a secret email account so I can win all three of those hard covers. I'm not on it. Just text me. Uh, yeah. The movie review and the Doomsday Clock review, are those going to go on the feed or the Patreon wall? What are we doing? They're going to – They're uh, Both. Both? Okay. Yeah. They're, they're all good. We're going to have – um, the Justice League review that'll go up as soon as as soon as that one's done. We're going to post it up on our site uh, on Podbean. It's also going to go up on Opinioneering um, when we do um, our 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 normal ASCP episode is going to be ours. But following Tuesday after we do our normal episode, we're going to do uh, a solo review of Doomsday Clock number one. I have a feeling there's going to be a with, lot to say. Uh, It'll be like with 45 a, minutes. With a couple yeah. guys from the Opinioneering podcast. Um, so we're going to dedicate as much time as we need to talk about that book. That's that's what we think of, of you know, where where that I'm book's place is. So oh I know, right? Yes. Um, you're going to feel like that every month for the next year. Oh, dude. You have and you're no doing a midnight clue. release, right? Yes. Um, actually, the release is at 11.57 p.m. on Tuesday night. So after we're done filming. Um, there is uh, there is a midnight release variant. What? That, okay. Yeah. Are you going all in on this? Oh, one? all in, dude. All the variants are coming home with Jonathan. Uh, we'll, <laughs> More than metal than you Probably. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have enough, but if if I'm, I have to, if I have to form a line, I'll form a line. I'm going bonkers with so. this one, dude. This this I was I was I don't think I was old enough to pay attention or even old enough to really be allowed to read Watchmen when it was coming out. Now that I have this, that's this crazy is, to me. This is gonna stop it, Johnny. <laughs> this is gonna be like that. Like I feel like this is history in the making that we get to be a part of as and it's, it's being Superman. released. And it's Superman, so I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be like you know, just collection city for Jonathan. Yeah. All your monies. I've never All seen you this excited. It's oh, ridiculous. I'm so stoked. I am so stoked for this. Yeah, I've got another surprise for you guys, but I'm not gonna let you know what it is. Do okay, you know you what it is already? Okay. You don't. I don't. Are you? I don't me? like surprise. Is I'm, it for Tuesday? No. I'm getting anxiety yeah. now. Great. I need to know. You know, I'm production, so yeah. <laughs> but you're not gonna tell me after the show. No. What? Why? <laughs> now I'm gonna squirm a little. Well, is it for the midnight? Uh, it, uh, yes and no. Is it Tuesday clock related? No. Shop related. Yes. He got a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. like eight of them. For you guys that aren't, yes, for you guys that aren't in the shop uh, today or or ever, um, <laughs> Heather, Heather came into the, to the store today with, with the kids. 
I yeah, I have the picture and I meant to. I just hadn't gotten around to it. Zoe put it up on her Instagram. <laughs> but she found out that I had uh, these Justice League tattoos that I've been giving out for people to represent at the movies. And I I I ended up with like eight Justice League tattoos. You ended up with yeah. all of them on you. <laughs> um yeah, I was joking after that. If 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 they didn't have to leave, I probably would have ended up with an entire sleeve. So, um, you didn't but have that to was save kind the of world fun. Alone. You know, you I know. Hash, hashtag all in. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. So yeah, if, if you if, for you guys in the neighborhood, if you want a Justice League tattoo to represent at the movies tomorrow or this he weekend, he does not yeah. think I will wear Stop a Batman by. one on my forehead. Did the Batman who laughs get pins? No. <gasps> I was I really bummed about I've that. Been, I said the same thing. Yeah. How do they not give pins? I, I don't it was know. like the I, final one. It was, it was an epic fail. Damn. Come on, guys. Get your epic fail. Now he, all the OCD we're getting, nerds. We're getting... Um, Does he even have a logo, though? Does he have a symbol? It's the bat symbol, but it's a smile, right? it's a smile That's right, blood yeah. on the bat symbol. And you kind of had it in oh, the book you. with yeah. the shat- that shattered page yeah. that was... That was close to, to what that was. I mean, it's, but, it's essentially that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's, that's shy. But, yeah, no, they didn't do pins for this. We are, we're getting Doomsday Clock pins. Whoa. For every issue? For Tuesday No, it just, <laughs> it's just the, Tuesday night, midnight release. I got the sweet and the one clock. from uh, awesome, Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah, nice. um, yeah so all, kind, all kinds of stuff coming your way next week. Sweet. Where are we? All right, I need to read this list. Do it. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we have All New Wolverine, number 27, Legacy. Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 13. Black Panther, number 167. Cable, number 151. Captain Marvel, 126. Invincible Iron Man, 594. Punisher Platoon, number 3 of 6. Silver Sable, Wild Pack, 36. Spider-Man, Deadpool, number 24. Star Wars, number 39. Thanos, number 13. X-Men Gold, number 16. Roger. Can we do Iron Man? Silver <coughs> I have no idea. Silver Sable. Donnie Cates is on Thanos. Mm. Donnie Cates is on Thanos? Mm. We'll see. We should have done Doctor Strange. We should have done Doctor Strange. I would have liked to Or Defenders. Defenders. <laughs> or Defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Or Defenders. Uh, DC Comics. Action Comics number 992. Batgirl number 17. Batman Beyond number 14. Blue Beetle number 15. Uh, I'm assuming it's supposed to be Etragon the Demon. Hell on yeah. Hell is Earth. Uh, number one of six. Uh, Detective Comics number 969. Doomsday clock number one of 12. We'll be on this show. It doesn't matter. I'm so excited. Oh, God. Flash number 35. Gotham City Garage number four. Harley Quinn number 32. Hellblazer number 16. Imaginary Friends number one of six. Fiends. Oh, I thought this was a Johnny book. That makes more sense. Okay. It might Um, be a Johnny book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even know what that is, but okay. Uh, Justice League of America, number 19. Commandy Challenge, number 11 of 12. Nightwing, the New Order, number 4 of 6. Suicide Squad, number 30. Teen Titans, number 14. And Wonder Woman, number 35. Indie Comics, we have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 21. Yeah, that one. (laughs) No. Rat Queens, number 6. That one. We've read like four Rat Queens. I know, (laughs) because it's fun. We read one Rat Queens. Uh, Snot Girl, number 8. We haven't done Snot Girl yet. We have not. And then XO Manowar, number 9. We did number one of that, though. Yeah. Did we do one of Snot Girl? Yeah. We didn't do Snot Girl. We didn't do Snot Girl. Didn't we? We didn't do Snot Girl number one? No. 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 No, we did not. You had mentioned it briefly, I think, when we were doing lightning rounds. Okay. Okay. It's Brian Leo Malley. Yeah. Probably Snot Girl. Okay. Or Rat Queens. Because there's only like four indie books, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rat Queens. Jinx Johnny. Mm -hmm. Now, what are we. (laughs) Now, December slash January. 
are Doomsday Clock and Metal going to come out in the same day? No, uh, Doomsday Clock is coming out. I think December twenty second. Merry Me- Christmas. Metal Four got delayed and, uh, for weeks. Metal Four. Oh, January 9th? is. Yeah. I don't remember the date, but it got delayed no, four weeks. From from December. From whatever the last date was, Metal Four got yeah, delayed. Yeah, from December. Okay. Oh, well, right now I think it's it's still slated for December twenty ninth. The next week. So the following week. They can't do that on the same day. No way. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. How would you sit there and just, which one do I read first? Yeah, exactly. I would just open both. And just. <laughs> it's like picture in picture, yeah. but with comics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, graphic novels coming out this week. Challengers of the Unknown by Jack Kirby trade paperback. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again trade paperback. <laughs> Fables Deluxe Edition hardcover volume 15. I am Groot trade paperback. Princeless trade paperback volume six. Make yourself part two. Star Wars Darth Vader Dark Lord Sith trade paperback. <laughs> There's a lot of dark. That, in that's that. the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a long title. Yeah, Star Wars Darth Vader Dark Lord Sith <laughs> trade paperback volume one. <laughs> Why would you? Never mind. Uh, Superman American Alien trade paperback and X Men Blue trade paperback volume oh, I heard two. That's good. The so. American Alien. It is good. It is good. It's uh, it's actually considering how much I hate Max Landis, it's yes. really good. <laughs> um, what are we reviewing? Sweet graphic tooth. Oh, that's right, Sweet Tooth. Volumes one through six. Uh, Johnny, do you have? Do you I've have already read volumes? it all. I'm not gonna go back and read it all three? again. Well, I need them to ship them to somebody. Oh, yeah. Just no. make sure you bring them next week. Oh, I got you. Yeah, don't trip. That's it. All right. Well, I couldn't remember. I, I couldn't remember what I did with them. Uh, ah. We have news. Uh, we? Well. One thing of news. Uh, at Marvel, they are resurrecting Jean Grey. I don't like that. She's the, That series isn't even out yet, and they're already giving her a team. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's going to have a team. Did they announce the roster for that yeah. team? Yeah, it's like Namor. What? Uh, yeah. Some other people. Let me look it up right now. Marvel's isn't first character? He, he's the first mutant. Yeah, he's the first comic he's book He's the first hero. Marvel character. And the first mutant. Uh, I think that's what it's called. He predates Superman, Maybe. I think, because Larry just did something on that today. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, but dude. He's like. It, it was before Marvel Comics was Marvel Comics. It was like a one-shot, one-off thing where Namor the Submariner was. It wasn't a mutant or anything. It was just the character. Right. Just some dude yeah. with feathers on his yeah. ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he came to the Marvel Universe, like the Human Torch found him on a bench and he like uh, shaved him with his flames. Like, oh God, I recognize you. You're Namor the Submariner. All right. It's a new character, <laughs> Trinary. Uh, Nightcrawler, Namor, uh, the new clone of Logan, Laura, and Laura Kinney. Uh, some big old dude in the back where I don't see his name on here. So, yeah. Big old dude. He's like a big, strong guy. <laughs> I'm not Got excited. Got a big, strong guy. Tom Taylor, Muhammad Asrar. That's a good Mahmoud. team. Mahmoud. 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 Asrar. But that's a good, that's a good team. Yeah. Uh, Asrar's art is good. I don't know how I feel about Tom Taylor doing that team. I mean, it could be good, could not be. Has he written X Men yet? I don't think he's written X Men. He's just done Laura, right? Has he done Laura? Yeah, yeah. Yes. he done. He 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 did. He done. Well, yeah, he he done. He done, done, he done, done messed it. up. Aaron. Balake. He done did Injustice uh, and uh, Earth Two, I believe. Right. Earth I think two so. Society. I think so. Uh, and then some Wolverine and yeah. some other books. Laura Wolverine, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. He done did those books. But he's a solid mm. writer. 
Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. You know, we'll, oh, we'll his name, see. the big guy. It's going to be pretty. I'll oh. tell you that much. It will be super pretty. I, I would love to see Mahmoud Asrar's uh, Jean Grey. Um, the, uh, the, the other guy, sorry, is the mutant named Gentle. He's from Wakanda. Gentle? Yeah, he's a big dude. Gentle? Light, like Gentle Giant? Was that G-E-N-T-L-E. what they were? G-E-N-T-L-E. That's stupid. Hmm. I'm, I'm it better be a strikes fear in the criminal underground. You know, I was, like I was, the name Gentle. Fear me. Real quick, Gentile. Though, what you said about his art, I was catching up on Avengers with Wade when he was doing it before the issue we read. And you were saying, like, oh, why is this guy on the art? Avengers should have a top of the line artist. And it was him. And I was like, we should have reviewed one of these because they were fantastic. Yeah. Like, he's he, good. he kills it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He's really good. He's got a very uh, clean style. Yeah. So, um,. What are we doing? What's the next? Questions? News? Questions? <laughs> yeah, more news? Yeah. Do we have more news? No, no, not, unless they want to get into the DC thing. But, nah, yeah. nah, nah. They can go look that up. That one's That's not actually comic related. Um, questions. What do we got? Yeah, I've got a, a question from Carlos. This is, uh, this is my first time reading it too, so bear with me. All right. Imagine you were a speedster like the Flash. Okay. And you're able to travel through time and change the timeline. What part of your Have timeline you would you change? This lesson already? If you wouldn't change anything of your own timeline, would uh, if you wouldn't change anything of your own timeline? Well, I guess would you change anything in past at all, like major events? I think hmm. we, we all learned the lesson from Flashpoint mm-hmm. not to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Honestly, I'd just be psyched to have like super speed. I can With, get so much do, stuff do done. Do we have the ramifications of Flashpoint? Is that included? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm fairly <laughs> Have you not like seen the that. butterfly effect? Run, Barry, run. So no, Carlos. I actually haven't seen the butterfly effect. Wait, do we do we do going into the past knowing that what we know about Flashpoint or we don't know what could happen? <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if I didn't know, I would go back and change them. But if I did know, I wouldn't. What would you change then? JFK. All right. That's a weird one. No, I would change the whole lives of the American. As we know. That's a really weird one, Matt. I think mm-hmm. everything has a purpose, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Deal with it. I'd probably go back in time and observe, not interact. I would like to. Yeah, I would like to see some monumental moments in history. Maybe grab myself a Detective Comics thirty nine while I'm there. I'd invest in buried under a certain area, like (laughs) yeah. I was just about to say, grab my sports almanac. Yeah, Yeah. I'd invest in Marvel stock in the nineties when it was like twelve dollars, and then sell, sell, sell right now. Yes. Uh, Got a couple questions from Blake. Go, Blake. Uh, Balake. Uh Once Invincible ends, what Kirkman series will you cling to next? None. None, <laughs> dude. Dude, mm. what? I don't Come read on, Walking man. Dead. I still read Walking Dead. You know so. he has other series, right? What does he have? Besides Outcast. Outcast is good. Mm. I only read Invincible. No, I'll, I'll read Oblivion song. I will oh, read yeah. Oblivion song, the too. One. Who's, yeah. that, who, who's that with? Uh, another artist that's... Well, yeah, like I mean, like another up-and-comer. Like, oh. I never knew who Azazeta was before right. he did Outcast. So um, it looks... The but it, preview it, art looks good. Yeah, it better it yeah, it yeah better have a strong hook, and it better not feel like Outcast or Walking Dead because I don't want more of that. I want I want something novel well, and original. Well, this seems like... Sci-fi. This yeah. sounds like he's going more sci-fi yeah. than uh, he is I know. Dang so, it. Yeah. Or even sci-fantasy, too. But, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel, and so yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll read that one. I'll check it out. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Outcast. I'll probably is Outcast over? No, no, still, still going. 
It's the most epic, like, possession story. Like, it's just weird how, like, this is actually, like, really good. Like, but hmm. we're dealing with possession. Um, and then the other question here is, since Bendis is making the switch uh, to DC, which artist do you hope he brings with him? Marquez. Marquez <laughs> and Pacelli. Yeah. Because yeah. if yeah. they don't put yeah. Ben, like, look, I, I, I trust that they know where they're going to stick Bendis and that he is going to be stoked about it. But like I mentioned last time, Tell me you wouldn't be stoked for a Zatanna written by Bendis with art mm. by Sarah Pacelli. Even if he can bring a colorist over, can he take Justin Ponzor? Like, he's really good too. That's probably going to be contingent on the artist, though. I think he's Marvel yeah. exclusive. Though, right? yeah. yeah. Is he? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, Marquez and Pacelli. Those are my picks. Yeah, those are good picks. Yeah, it's good. Marquez is, like, the best artist on Marvel right now. Like, seriously, like, he's so good. Yeah, he's up there. But yeah, what about you, Shane, Marvel guy? Mm. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's All right. Okay. Um, I think that was it. Yeah. Let me make sure here that I'm not missing anything. Yo, dude, it's so late. <laughs> it's not so late. We're clocking good on time. It's though. way yeah, past my bedtime. <laughs> just, just, Jonathan just deal with it. That's why. Yeah, I was way late today. Sorry. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. That's the only questions. Um. So, guys. We didn't get any reviews. We didn't? No. I already checked. checked I'm a little bummed. So, uh, guys, come on. Give us some reviews. Please, Um, please, please, please. please, please. It really helps us. You guys are going to have to step up your game because Bryce gave us, like, the really good review. Well, and, like, if they leave us a five-star review, it shoves that review to, like, other people to help us find – help them find our show. And one of the cool things is is because we're – you know, because we've had so many five-star reviews, you type in all-star and we're the first thing that comes up. Yeah. In, in the yeah. it just helps us iTunes all search. So um, I want to get featured on the first front page of iTunes. Come on. Yeah. No, we're, yeah. We Help Johnny with his dream. Yes, please. We're not new and noteworthy anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Uh, for uh, if you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, re- uh, rate, review, subscribe, like, and share all that nonsense. Yeah. If you want to. Help Should us out a lot. Go to, to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. You can get on as little as a dollar. The $3 level is going to get you the exclusive stuff that we do when when we do it. Yeah. <laughs> Including a whole mess of uh, new Multiversity University yeah. episodes that's going to drop this week. Yeah. Which, um, once again, stay tuned after the episode. Cool. Stay, stay tuned for after the episode. We have a new Multiversity University coming at you tonight with Larry. Uh, he's going to drop some more knowledge bombs on you. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything at the shop, uh, like Horizon Comics on Facebook, at Horizon Comics on Instagram and the Twitters. Shane. Check me out on my uh, pop culture Facebook page, facebook.com slash hero complex. Uh, we try to gather all the latest pop culture news with movies, TV, video games, and comic books. We should have talked to you Sweet. for the new segment. <laughs> you didn't ask. <laughs> I'm sorry. There wasn't uh, any much music, yeah. though. Anyway. Johnny. I can think of something. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at thejohnny2x4. And do me a favor and share this podcast with a friend because that really helps us as well. Indeed. Uh, Hydra 5-5. Five five. Yeah, you don't want to miss next week's show, too. We're doing a lot of good stuff. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff. stuff. I'm at St. Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, as we're approaching into the holidays, try not to get stressed. Remember, be nice to everybody. Have a good time with your friends and family. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.
Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm Larry Douglas, and tonight we are continuing to talk about the Platinum Age. And tonight I'm going to try to show you why I believe the Platinum Age to be the most important period in comic book history. And that is because comic books developed more during the Platinum Age than during any other period of comic book history. Now, just to give a brief overview, we've talked about the Pioneer Age, and certainly the Pioneer Age was very important. The Pioneer Age is when sequential storytelling gets developed. It's in the Pioneer Age that many of the conventions that we associate with comic books, such as word balloons and the way that things are depicted, really get started. So the Pioneer Age is obviously very important. The Victorian Age, of course, is extremely important because that's where we get our very first comic books. Without the Victorian Age, we don't really have comic books. But throughout the Victorian Age, there really wasn't much that changed. The comic books at the end of the Victorian Age looked very much like the comic books at the beginning of the Victorian Age. So although it was an important time, uh, not a lot really happened in terms of any sort of change in comic books. But in the Platinum Age, this is where you get the transition to modern comic books. This is where the actual format, the, the physical look of comic books gets developed, and even the content of comic books gets developed. A lot happens during the Platinum Age. So tonight we're going to focus on what those developments were. Now, one of the first developments was getting color comic books. Uh, during the Victorian age, you didn't have color comic books. They were essentially black and white because nobody had come up with a way of printing color comics yet. It wasn't until 1892 that a way of actually printing color was developed. And it was after that that you could actually begin to have color comic books. Even at that, you didn't get color comic books right away. It wasn't until 1901 that we got the first one, a book called The Blackberries. But it certainly made what we think of as the modern four-color comic possible. Now, another thing that developed was the size of the comic books. During the Platinum Age, the size of comics varied a lot. The very first comic book, which was called The, the Yellow Kid in McFadden's Flats, and I do want to clarify that. I'd said on an earlier podcast that the comic book was called The Yellow Kid, um, and that's true. That's what it's known as, but the full name was The Yellow Kid in McFadden's Flats. And I did want to clarify that because there was another magazine called The Yellow Kid, which wasn't truly a comic book. But the Yellow Kid in McFadden's Flats, the first comic book of the Platinum Age, was a lot smaller than what we would think of as comic books today. It was only five and a half inches by seven and a half inches. And there were a lot of comic books that were that small, but some were much bigger. Uh, some of the comic books were actually as much as 17 inches wide and 12 inches tall, so much, much bigger than what we would see today. It was really in 1933 with the comic book Funnies on Parade uh, that we get the standard size that we see today. Now, of course, when I say the standard size that we see today, the comic books of the Platinum Age and the Golden Age were a little bit bigger than the comic books that we have today, but they were still basically uh, had the same ratio in terms of their dimensions, and they were essentially an 8.5 by 11-inch page, similar to what we would have today. Another thing that developed during the Platinum Age was the comic book cover. Early in the Platinum Age, um, a lot of the comic books were actually hardcover. And 
over time, again, they experimented a lot with different types of covers, and it wasn't really until 1932 that we get the standard sort of magazine-style cover that we have today. And by magazine-style cover, I mean a cover that's a little bit thicker and glossier than the pages on the inside. But again, that was something that developed during the Platinum Age and has been carried out since then. Another thing that developed during the Platinum Age was the way the panels are laid out on the page. Now, you might argue that, well, there is no standard way of laying out panels, that different artists and different companies experiment with panel layout, and that's certainly true. But there is a kind of a standard panel layout that we would all recognize as being very common in comics. Many of the early comic books in the Platinum Age essentially looked just like Xerox copies, although there was no Xerox at that time, but they were just direct copies of the Sunday comics pages simply put on the page of the comic book. And throughout the Platinum Age, people were experimenting with how to lay out the panels. And it was, again, when we get to Funnies on Parade, that in 1933, that we actually get panels being laid out exactly the way that we would expect to see them in a modern comic book. Another thing that developed during the Platinum Age was the sale price of comics. Um, comics varied a lot in their sale prices during the Platinum Age. Uh, there were, of course, a lot of promotional comics, but the price of a comic book could vary anywhere from $0.05 cents to $0.60. Cents. And the price seems to be based on a couple of different things. Uh, page count, the more pages there were in the comic book, the pricier it was. Uh, the comic books that sold for five or ten cents had a lot fewer pages in them. Uh, but also it seems to be based on the type of cover as well. The early comic books that were hard covers actually sold for more than the later ones that were using uh, paper covers, essentially. The page count of comics varied a lot as well. Uh, during the Golden Age, uh, comic books were pretty, standard, pretty standardized at 64 pages. But during the Platinum Age, you could get comics that varied every, anywhere from four pages all the way up to 196 pages. So some of them were actually pretty massive, with uh, probably the most standard sizes ranging anywhere from 16 to 96 pages. And again, that had a big effect on the price of the comics. They finally get standardized at about 64 pages, again in 1933, with Funnies on Parade and also with Famous Funnies, A Carnival of Comics. Um, one of those was actually 32 pages, like today, but um, the other one, the Famous Funnies one, was actually 64 pages, which became the standard during the Golden Age. So there was a lot going on during the Platinum Age in terms of just how comic books looked, uh, how they would be sold, the price they would be sold for, the way panels would be laid out, how many pages there would be, the, the size of them. Um, a lot more happened during the Platinum Age in terms of just the physical format of the comic book than has ever happened before or since. And this is one of the reasons why I strongly believe that the Platinum Age was the most important age of comic book history, because basically comic books wouldn't look the way they do today without the Platinum Age. Join us next time as we talk about not just the physical format of the comic book, but the actual content and how the development of Platinum Age content leads us into the Golden Age.